Hello, everyone, and welcome to Murder Alphabet Soup. I'm your host, Kira. This is the first episode, so let me explain a bit about what's going to go down here. Each episode will feature murder cases in which my topic and research has been informed by a letter of the alphabet. For today's episode, A is for Attic. So without further ado, let's get into the case of Dolly Corshell and the Batman of Los Angeles, and after that, the Abdi Ali murder trial. So Wahlberger Korschel, also known as Dolly, was a German immigrant born in 1880 and grew up on a farm in the Midwest. This was not exactly exciting to her, and in her early 20s, she married Fred Austrich. Fred was a bit older than her, and he owned a uh, successful apron and textile factory and did really well for himself. The two settled down in Milwaukee, but their marriage wasn't exactly a picture-perfect one. Fred was known to drink quite a bit, and Dolly's sexual needs were going unsatisfied. One fall day in 1913, Dolly asked Fred to send a repairman from the factory to fix her Singer sewing machine. There was a knock on the door, and when Dolly, 33 at the time, opened the doors, she was wearing nothing but stockings and a silk robe, and she was met by 17-year-old Otto Sunniber. She led Otto to her master bedroom where the sewing machine was located, but as you might have guessed, the machine wasn't the one getting the fix that day. This was the beginning of a decade-long sex scandal. In the beginning, Dolly and Otto met at hotels, but Otto soon began making regular house calls instead. This being 1913, neighbors were growing suspicious of Otto's frequent visits to the house. To quell suspicions, Dolly would refer to Otto as her vagabond half-brother. Weird, but okay. And apparently her husband had been told about this by neighbors too, but he either wasn't super suspicious about it or bought the story or whatever. I have no idea. Dolly knew people were watching, so she came up with what she thought was the perfect solution. She asked Otto to quit his job and move into the attic of her home, where apparently Fred never really set foot. As part of this arrangement, Otto would have to give up pretty much all human contact other than with Dolly and their salacious romps. Otto didn't really have any family, so he agreed to the arrangement. He claimed he didn't mind, and he also said that he had grown to love Dolly as, quote, a boy loves his mother, according to the LA Times in 1930. The attic was pretty bare. There was a desk, a cot, and stacks of nautical adventure books that Dolly would bring him from the library. Otto had a dream of writing for the pulp magazines, which contained tales of adventure, heroes rescuing damsels, horror, sex, and other exciting tales. He actually published stories under a pen name, all while living in the attic for five years unnoticed by Fred. Meanwhile, Fred began to think he was going crazy. His cigars would go missing. There were strange noises seemingly coming from the attic. Why he never really bothered to check the attic, I'm not totally sure, but he also claimed to see strange shadows at night from outside of his bedroom door. 
As a result, Fred decided to move to L.A. because he was convinced that his house was haunted, but his haunting was far from over. Dolly only had one condition for their new L.A. home, a large attic, which at the time, from what I understand in L.A., those weren't super common. She sent Otto out to the new home ahead of time to avoid suspicion, and by the time Dolly and Fred got there, Otto, now 22 at the time, was already at home in the attic. Fred and Dolly's marriage got worse, and so did Fred's drinking, and he began getting physically violent with Dolly during their fights. In August 1922, during one of these fights, Otto became afraid for Dolly's life and ran downstairs, holding uh, certain reports say he had two 22 caliber rifles, and there are some that say he had one 25 caliber rifle. Not 100% sure, but nonetheless, he had rifles that were Fred's, and he shot three rounds into Fred's chest, killing him. Dolly and Otto then devised a plan to make the killing look more like a burglary gone wrong. So Otto took Fred's diamond watch and locked Dolly in the closet, tossed the key aside, and went back up to the attic. Once the stage was set, Dolly screamed until police were called by neighbors. The police bought the entire story. They figured there was no way that Dolly could have locked herself in the closet, and being locked in the closet, how could she kill her husband? As a result of Fred's death, Dolly inherited millions of dollars and bought a new house with, you guessed it, a roomy attic. At this point, Otto had little need to actually stay hidden in the attic, but this relationship that they had had sort of developed into one of Otto being a sex slave, as he would later describe in court. Dolly began a relationship with her lawyer, Herman Shapiro, and after that she began making some careless mistakes. She gifted Herman the diamond watch that was, air quotes, stolen from her husband the night of his death, which Herman immediately recognized. Of course, Dolly explained it all away, saying she had actually found it under a seat cushion, and of course saw no reason to contact the authorities. According to the LA Times, Dolly asked Roy Clum, yet another lover, to get rid of the rifle used in the murder by throwing them into the La Brea tar pits. In 1923, the authorities found out about the watch, most likely after Clum had told police about disposing of the weapons after him and Dolly had gone through a bit of a nasty breakup. But the police were still hung up on the fact that they couldn't figure out how Dolly would have locked herself in the closet, and she was let go. No charges. Though, while the hearing was still going on, she still had to get food up to her attic-bound lover, and asked Herman, the lawyer boyfriend, to bring food to who she still referred to as her vagabond half-brother. Naturally excited to see another human, Otto didn't hesitate to tell Herman all about his sexcapades with Dolly. Herman immediately kicked him out of the house, and Otto, uh, understandably terrified, fled to Canada. The relationship between Dolly and Herman ended bitterly in 1930, and as a result, Herman told police all about Otto, who had just moved back to L.A., actually. Dolly and Otto were arrested and then fully involved in this media frenzy. Although Otto was found guilty, the statute of limitations for this crime were seven years, 
and it had been eight at the time. So all charges were dropped. Dolly's trial resulted in a hung jury, and she was eventually acquitted in 1936. She went on to marry a new lover and died on April 8, 1961, a completely free woman. Otto became known as the Batman of Los Angeles due to his dark, cave-like living arrangements. The public was pretty hard on him and saw him as a freak rather than a victim of tragic romance and was ridiculed for pretty much the rest of his days. At the time, in 1930, the truth was more dramatic and unbelievable than any fictional story and went down in history as a tale that had outdone even the most salacious pulp novels of the time. And that's the story of the Batman of Los Angeles. Of course, this all happened before the Batman we know and love today, which was first published in 1939. And now on to our second case, the Abdi Ali murder trial. This one is a lot more recent. It is actually being covered right now. It's an ongoing trial, uh, but the incident takes place in 2017. So let's get into it. I'm not sure if I'm saying her last name correctly, so forgive me if I'm not, but Stacy Doherty, 28, and Gary Hopkins, 37, are both charged with murder, perverting the course of justice, and preventing the lawful burial of a dead body after the body of Abdi Ali, 17 years old, was found in the attic of their North London home in August of 2018, after having been reported missing December 31st. Just four days before Christmas, Abdi was hit over the head several times with a hammer and stabbed repeatedly, as the jury was told. The body of the 5'2 teenager had plastic bags over his head and was wrapped in a red and black duvet cover before being placed in the attic along with the claw hammer and knife used to kill him. Over the course of eight months, the body had done a lot of decomposing and had been completely infested with insects. Following the murder, the two fled to Lowminster in Herefordshire to lay low for a few days. Hopkins and Doherty were exposed after blabbing about what they had done to visitors in the middle of a drug deal. On the way to the ATM, Hopkins talked about how he wanted to rob and kill the dealer like he had done with Ali. After Hopkins returned to their flat, he told Doherty, I've told them about the attic. Stacy then confided in a visitor that she knew about what had happened. In police interviews, Stacy denies knowing about the body in the attic, but then later said that Gary had killed him for drugs. Gary Hopkins blamed others for the murder, saying that he just let Abdi sell drugs out of his flat. The prosecution case states that there were no other people involved in the murder besides Stacy and Gary and also that the motive was financial, and that Stacy had done it to, quote, give her children a good Christmas. This is an ongoing case at the moment, but those are the details we have so far. It's a bit all over the place just because it is still an ongoing trial, but if you ask me, I totally think they did it. They were just trying to cover it up and get away with it, but of course we will see more details as they come. And there you have it. Two cases, one old, one pretty new, both involving murder and one of arguably the scariest parts of a house, the attic. I realize that this is a pretty short episode, but I am new to this, so consider it a pilot of sorts. I do want to thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. 
You can head over to the Instagram, Murder Alphabet Soup Pod, all words separated by underscores, for more murdery alphabet goodness. And if you like what's going in your ear holes, give it a follow. Give this podcast a subscribe. Leave feedback, thoughts about the cases, say hi. Tell me what you had for lunch today. Anything, really. And I'll be back soon with another episode of Murder Alphabet Soup. Thank you.